0: Welcome to The Business Playdate, a podcast hosted by Lindsay White and Betsy Moorhead, two internet strangers turned business besties.
1: We're two marketing professionals living across the country, raising our kiddos while running our own individual businesses. We built these businesses based on our experiences working in corporate management roles with the end goal to be able to show up for our families first. And we did it. We're so happy you're here with us. Now let's get into this week's episode.
0: Hello, Betsy. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good morning on this morning. lovely Friday.
1: It's lovely Friday. When y'all are listening to it, it'll be a
0: Thursday. A probably. Thursday.
1: <laughs> welcome back to the business play date.
0: Yes, welcome back.
1: Today we are talking about something that's really relevant. I think, I mean, Betsy and I both had kind of a situation this week um, talking about proposals. So today we're going to be diving into proposals and when you should send a proposal and how to ensure that your client resonates with your proposal. So, you know, ultimately you can get it accepted, which I think is always the goal. Yeah. And I think when I
0: first started my business and even still now, like putting a proposal together together can be pretty intimidating. Um, and I feel like it's
1: one of those things where you're always second guessing yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, and then, you know, am I putting in too much information? Am I putting in not enough information? Like what are they gonna, you know, so there is a lot of like, anxiety inducing things when it comes to putting a proposal together at least for me
1: yeah no for sure me too I mean I've been doing it for a long time and I still every time I do it I'm like oh gosh is this going to be okay I sent out a proposal this week and I think this is actually one of the first proposals where I was like yeah this is great this is fine I feel good
0: Mm -hmm. I'm like that's good I like to mull over mine for several days or weeks before I hit send much like everything else I do yes (laughs) (laughs) decision (laughs) fatigue all-time high I know, I know. But yeah, so we were going to break down like a couple of key points to put into your proposals, make sure that they have. Um, and then also like, like Lindsay said, like, when is it the right time to send a proposal? You know, like you don't want to just go in blind, like what kind of that process looks like before you put the proposal together and send it off to the client to, yeah, get it accepted and bring on a new project or client.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really the most important thing is when you send the proposal, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's Mm -hmm. included in your proposal, which I think we have five really strong tips around. But before we dive into those tips, I personally think the most important thing is to make sure you're sending that proposal at the right time. Mm -hmm. And for me, that has always been after you're very solid in what the client wants and what you can provide them and what value you can provide them in order to help reach their needs and their wants and their goals.
0: Yeah, because you want to make sure it's a good fit. I mean, you know, theoretically, you've already had your discovery call, you maybe you've already been working with them in some other capacity, or this will be your first time, but your proposal is like, the first um, deliverable that they're going to see from you too. And so you want to make sure that
1: It's really like your first impression of what kind of deliverables you put forward for them.
0: Yeah. I remember like back in my corporate days when I was internal in marketing and we were getting bids and proposals like sent to us. I mean, there were some like we didn't even look at. It's kind of like a resume, right? Like you just, you kind of want to like skim them first and put Mm -hmm. your yeses and nos together. But also like they're visually appealing, you know, like there needs to be, you need to know the client. You need to know who you're putting this in front of, who you're talking to. It's like kind of like, it is kind of like an application for a job. It's your resume, yeah. it's your cover letter, all of that. So, um, you know, I think you and I have the perspective that maybe a lot of people listening do too, There where we were maybe seeing proposals from mm-hmm. contractors or agencies or whatever, when we were back in our corporate days, um, and so I kind of try to take some of that mindset into when I'm putting proposals together for my clients. Like, would you
1: say yes to this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, you brought up a good point of making sure it's a good fit. Like I don't want to put a proposal forward that I don't know if the client is a good fit. I mean, sometimes I'll have two, three, four phone calls with a client before even putting together a proposal yeah. because I know that I need to. I need more information. I need to know what are their goals? What are the, like, why are they coming to me? What, Mm -hmm. what is the catalyst that's making them come to me? But then you kind of have to dive into it deeper where, you know, a lot of people know what they want, but you might have a better idea of what they actually need. So you need to be able to, yeah, you need to be able to discern what they want, but be able to give them what they need in the deliverables that you're providing. Because if you're not giving them what they need, whether they know what they need or not, they're not going to want to continue working with you because you're not going to hit the nail on the head for them.
0: Yeah. And you may spend a lot of time putting a proposal together and you want to make sure that that effort that you've put in putting a proposal together isn't wasted. Right. Either. So, um,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. When you're having those conversations on the front end thinking about, okay, I would rather, I would rather spend my time having conversations and diving deeper, you know, doing discovery, if you will, than putting time into a proposal that will be my first impression of the kind of deliverables that I put together and it not mm-hmm. hitting the nail. Like I want exactly. to put together the proposal and send it over to them when I know they're going to say yes.
0: Yeah. I've seen some proposals in this space that are very like cookie cutter. Like you can tell yes, that they just kind of took a template and made it their own and ran with it versus like catering it to the client. And that's another thing that I I don't, like, we're not jumping into the tips yet, but, like, you know, I've tried to do is, like, I sometimes will put it in their brand colors or, you know, mm-hmm. add, like, their logo to it. And it's more about the client and, like, what they feel versus my brand and my business um, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I tried Is he's like, cat, make a candy. It is, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a different
0: space today, so.
1: Um, I try, I use the word bespoke a lot within Mm -hmm. my business and especially when I'm talking with clients and when it comes to my offers, like, yes, I have offers that are pretty standard offers on how you work with me, but every single time I put something together for a client, it is a bespoke offer. It might be a marketing strategy and content strategy plan, but it is a bespoke proposal put together for them and it is tweaked and tailored to what they need. You know, every marketing strategy plan shouldn't always be like cookie cutter, exactly the same. So the proposal shouldn't be cookie cutter, exactly the same. Like it is bespoke to the client. It Mm -hmm. is in their branding, it is in their colors, it is in their voice. It is, Mm -hmm. I'm talking to them how they would want to be spoken to rather than how I might, how I talk to a corporate client is going to be totally different than how I talk to a, you know, food blogger client. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So for you, so ha- like when is the right time? Like, what, like, where in the process have you sent proposals to people?
1: Yeah. So, I, if someone reaches out to me and they have a project or a need, we jump on a call. First thing we do is jump on a call. Usually, I'll have two calls before I even put together a proposal, mostly because the first call, I feel like I'm gathering the information of what they need. And what they're looking to do. And then the second call, I need to get an understanding of who the stakeholders are. And sometimes that can all be done in one call. But generally, I have 30 minutes on the first call and 30 minutes on the second call because I want to get an understanding of what... So now I know what their wants and their needs are. But then the second call, I'm like, okay, I know what your wants and needs are. And I know what needs to be accomplished. But I need to know from my side, from pricing it out, how many meetings do I need to have in order to accomplish the end deliverable? And I mean, I do a lot of marketing strategy, growth marketing type of plans, and it requires me to have a call with every single stakeholder within the firm. And so because of that, it could be one person, it could be a one man show. Great. That's totally different than me needing to wrangle up six different stakeholders and have meetings with all of them. So I feel like the second call or the second half of a call is going to be so much more in the weeds of okay let's talk about process let's talk about what this looks like together and it's like we're having these conversations before they even see a proposal we're having these conversations of this is what it's going to look like to work with me and so they're getting a feel for you know how the professionality of us working together and that process and they know what to expect so then when i do put together the proposal i can you know highlight out what's needed what the meetings are going to entail, what the timeline looks like, and they're like, "Oh, we mm-hmm. talked about all of this. This is an easy yes." Yeah. Yeah, cuz that's what you that's want, right?
0: Sense. I mean, you want you want to put a proposal in front of a client knowing that they're going to say yes. I mean, that's yeah. the idea.
1: And generally I also so we have, you know, the front-end calls of just gathering information, then I put together a proposal, I send it over to them, and then I always have a call going over the proposal. I very rarely will just be like, okay, here's your proposal. Here's your contract. Go ahead and sign and pay. Mm -hmm. Like I will almost always send them the proposal and be like, let's schedule a call to talk about this.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great idea. Do you, I, I do this sometimes depends on like what the project or the like client need is, but, um, Like budget-wise, like does the client like tell you kind of what their budget range is or do you just say, you know, we price based on X, Y, and Z and it'll be what it'll be? Like how does that work for you? Because I think I'm more of the front end. Like I kind of know what their budget Mm -hmm. range is. And so I try to work within those parameters versus like they don't have a budget.
1: I think it differs client to client. So some Mm -hmm. of my clients will be like, I don't even know what something like this costs. And I'll say, well, you know, for these projects, generally my clients are paying between X and Y.
0: Right, give them a range.
1: Within there, given whatever we decide this process needs to entail, again, like one stakeholder versus stakeholders, et cetera. Um, So I have general pricing, and the pricing will be bespoke based on what they need. Other times, I like this proposal I put together recently. They came to me and they're like, hey, some, and this actually happens to me a lot. I'll have potential clients come to me saying, hey, I got a quote from. XYZ agency, and it was $25,000. Does that mm-hmm. seem right? And it's yeah. almost, I've had people come to me being like, I just need a second opinion. Is that too much? Is that too little? Like, I don't know enough to know if this falls in the spectrum or not. And then at that point, we'll have a conversation and be like, okay, well, this is what you're looking for. This is what they put together. If you wanted to work with me, this is what it would look like over here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's generally a pretty organic conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. That's I think because you've done the front end work, right? Like you're you're getting to yeah. know the client, you're or you know, in my instance, the reason this whole came up was because we've both been working on proposals, like in my instance, I'm working on a proposal for a current client for uh, something else. And so it's like yeah. I already know her. I know their brand, like you know, I know it, but I didn't want to like I told her I said I want to talk through this a little bit more because I don't want to just throw something at you and you'd be like, what the hell? Like, well, I don't right. know. What is this number? You know? And maybe, so I wanted to talk through, like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I feel like you need. Let mm-hmm. me know if you agree. And you know, then we can go from there and I'll pull up, put a proposal together. So um, yeah, I think it's just a lot of good open communication up front. Um, And, you know, I think to get to the meat of like what this episode was really about is like the five, key things to make sure you're including in your proposal that we've both experienced and have had success with. Um, And so, you know, do you want to start on kind of what some of those tips are?
1: Yeah. So the first tip we have is to always start with an introduction. So I always use kind of like a letter format, like dear Betsy, Mm -hmm. write my letter. I highlight their marketing objectives. I explain why I think I'm a good fit for them I provide some proof about how I've been successful with other people. And I write this letter for, even if I'm like Betsy right now, who's putting together a proposal for a current client, that's just an extra mm-hmm. out so of I would still be putting together this letter. Um, and then I sign it with my name and my email address. But I always include kind of those three things, those marketing objectives, or, you know, if you're not in marketing, whatever your service line is, like what their mm-hmm. objectives are, mm-hmm. why you're a good fit, and some proof on how you've been successful with others.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's key. It It's very, um, it makes it less like of a transactional thing and a little bit more like personal touch to it. Mm-hmm. So I think and that's I a great idea. And I include that issue. in
1: the PDF. Mm-hmm. So I put there, my proposals are all in PDF format and it's like a nice, pretty designed format. Mm-hmm. And I include that letter in the PDF rather than in the email sending it to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, my proposals aren't just one page. They're like three, four pages long.
1: Oh, yeah, there are a couple yeah. of pages long. And I also think, I mean, think about back when you were looking at proposals, you might not be the only decision maker. And so if someone's forwarding that proposal PDF to someone, having that little note within the PDF rather than in the email is going to ensure that whoever the multiple decision makers are, they're all reading that and they're seeing that you know what you're talking about, why you're a good fit and what you've done in the past.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, the second tip. So after you've done your letter, then next you should break down everything that you're going to provide. You don't just want to like detail out the deliverables, but you want to say, for example, you know, I'm not just going to provide you an email newsletter, but with that, I'm also providing you a marketing strategy, a creative strategy and a copy strategy, like break down the components. the collective components exactly to that line item. Um, you know, and that can yeah. include a lot of other things aside from, you know, email, but I,
1: th- I think too, as marketers, like, I don't know about you, but I always feel like I'm the, I'm the like herder of the cats, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. constantly herding cats. And so trying to, I, that's part of the value that I'm providing as a marketing director is I'm congregating all these people on the team, whether it's their team or my team or whatever, like there is mm-hmm. project management that's involved. Yes, and that costs money, and that costs time, and so being able to break down those different pieces, like a lot of my clients have a compliance aspect, so it's managing. You know, there's going to be someone that has the final say, and it's not going to be someone on my team, and it's probably not going to be someone on their team. It's probably going to be like an external lawyer, and I'm going to work with that person and ensure that this project goes smoothly between all of the different parties.
0: Yeah, exactly, and this is an opportunity to answer the questions before they ask them. But with like, you don't want to put like, I'm very wordy clearly. And so I tend to overword this. And I can remember one time I sent you a proposal just to look at before I sent it to the client and you were like, Hey, like there's a lot going on here. Maybe like, like tighten up some of this, you know, like you want to give them enough detail in this second part of your proposal, but you don't want to give too much detail where there's going to be like a lot of questions about it. You know, like Give yeah. them like the high level breakdown of what to expect, what they're going to get out of this and, you know, why like working with you is a really strong opportunity for their company and their brand and they're moving forward to reach their business goals.
1: Um, I thought of something which I've never actually done, but I think this would be a great idea for someone who is a little bit wordy. Um, run, run your proposal through ChatGPT and ask yes. them to tighten it up, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a great, easy little ChatGPT quick run through like we hey We should
0: do a whole episode soon about like Chat GPT sure. hacks.
1: Yes. Like, Positives of tricks. AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not getting too wordy is, is huge. I don't remember that proposal, but I'm glad
0: I oh, well, you saved me. You saved me. And then they accepted it. So thanks.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> they just
0: got the wordy me in person instead of on paper.
1: It's so much, I'm very wordy in person. I feel like it's so much better to be wordy in person than wordy on paper.
0: Mm-hmm. You just don't want to talk yourself into a hole, nor do you want to write mm-hmm. yourself into a hole, you know? And like you want to make sure you really are clear and concise without being a little overwhelming for the client,
1: you know? Because it can too, be. I mean, we both do a lot of these like intensive first type of projects. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So you don't want to write down like, something that you might not be able to fulfill then at that point within yes. the project. Yes. You know, your proposal 100%. is what you're contractually obligated to provide them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're all bespoke too. You know, you know, like every client is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um. So you don't want to, you don't want to provide them with it. Say you're doing a marketing strategy plan and say, Oh, I'm going to give you an email template at the end of this. But then you mm-hmm. discovered throughout their marketing strategy that, Email is not even something that their clients are doing. Like That's not Mm -hmm. an appropriate tactic for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, you don't know what you don't know. I think that's really smart.
1: All right. Tip number three is to dive into your client's brand and figure out what their values are so that you can include that in your proposal. Mm -hmm. So we talk about values a lot for yourself when you're creating your own offer, but look at your clients. Go to their website and figure out what they're about. You know, Mm -hmm. are they about family? Are they about whatever like what are their kind of pillar words that they're standing on and include that in your proposal make your proposal yeah. incredibly customized to them like you want it to feel like a piece that's a partnership between yourself and your client or mm-hmm. potential client
0: yeah goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning like of not making it come from your business and be like a cookie cutter proposal template it should really speak in speak their language, yeah. speak to them. Yeah. Whatever their brand voices, whatever their values are, it shouldn't just be like every other proposal you know, right. that they see. Mm-hmm.
1: Like want I take to stand my out. Clients, yeah. I take my client's logo. I put their actual logo on the proposal. Mm-hmm. I will, I won't necessarily use their fonts, but yeah. I will, you know, I'll look if it's a sans serif or what kind of general font family we're looking at and I'll tweak it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, my proposals have a kind of like a stock image on them, just as mm-hmm. visual appeal. And yeah. I will use a stock image that you know, kind of looks like what they are using, or I'll pull a stock image off of their website, the website. or image yeah. they're using on their website. I do that and utilize that.
0: I do that a hundred percent. I put together a big proposal for uh, I, I now has been a client of mine for several years, but they were real estate, and like I just went and like looked at their website and made it really catered to what they yeah. are used to seeing and that they want to see and that they put out into the world because that was a big yes. value for them was like visual creativity and so I
1: think now if they're coming huge. to you and they're like we hate our brand we hate what we're vision no then yeah, maybe okay, like don't do maybe that maybe we don't but
0: but that's people. why you need to have those pre-calls so you can figure that out before you yes. send them a proposal exactly yes, yes. Exactly. Absolutely. No, I think that's a huge one. Um, okay. The fourth tip is to tailor your quote to their individual needs. So this kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, but having those pre-calls, knowing what they really need or what knowing what they want, and then also including what they need. So does the client need a VIP day? Do they need a one-time project or is it a monthly retainer? Do they need you to offer them multiple packages at different price points so that they can kind of like pick and choose like, oh, maybe we just need this and not all of these pieces, but maybe down the road we can add this in. Um, And then also you want to add, this is like a hot tip, like add some kind of expiration date to your proposal. This kind of creates a sense of urgency for the client so that they know like, okay, like this proposal expires in two weeks, we need to make our mind up so that they- Maybe they don't come back in three months and say, Hey, we're ready for this. And you're like, Well, my pricing's changed, or my structure's changed, or let me redo the proposal. You want that proposal to have some sort of expiration date. So, tailor those to your individual clients, to the individual proposals. And, you know, that'll just kind of help you in the long run, too.
1: Yeah. I always do my expiration dates like that month, like within. Mm I like to pick easy numbers, like the 15th or the 30th, but like Mm -hmm. in that range.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to put it in like big, bold writing. Like you can be like a little like down at the bottom, like a little footnote, you know, this like proposal expires February 15th or whatever. But
1: And then the last kind of thing that we have is it goes along with that expiration date. Like this isn't big and bold or anything, but I always add something that kind of, it communicates my value, but it also is like a byline of like, this is why it's priced the way it's priced is mm-hmm. something along the lines of this figure is determined through an estimated amount of hours at a blended rate to include all marketing strategy, creative strategy, content creation, copy design, and back-end process creation, or yes. whatever your specific project is going to entail. But I always include that contractual kind of like language, what, disclosure mm-hmm. kind
0: of language, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want them to. They're gonna, you know, they may come back and be like, "Okay, you've priced this out, making up a number at six thousand dollars. What am I getting?" Like, you don't want them to come back and be like, "Well, what am I getting for this six thousand dollars?" If you were detailed this out price? why is this priced this way, um, yeah. What like, are is this based on an hourly rate? Is this based on, you know? And that's, I think, that's perfect. What you just said, the blended, uh, what would you say blended rate to include yeah, this- X, Y, and Z.
1: Figure is determined through an estimated amount of hours at a blended rate to include all marketing strategy, creative strategy, content creation, copy design, and back end process creation. Because that's I what that. I do for my clients; is I do those things, and mm-hmm. it it kind of like eliminates that question of why is this price the way it is, or mm-hmm. what what is this pricing structure? Like, how did you come up with this? Like mm-hmm. You just and everybody, that.
0: yeah. I think every contractor on our side, like every service provider, has a different way of pricing things, right? And you know, I think we're it's like the norm to add like a little bit of percentage on top of things. And you don't have to explain that. You don't have to like line item out how you're pricing these things. But I think having that little disclaimer is really smart Mm -hmm. because it just lets the client know, like, you didn't just throw this number on paper. Like this is something that you calculated that you really thought through. Um, And it makes it look even more professional because if you look at like big, big agencies, like they have these disclaimers in there. Like I'm thinking, I'm talking like, like, Uh, uh, gosh, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but like a big marketing or big advertising agency, right? Like they have these disclaimers in their their proposals that they put in. So you should
1: too. You should too. You should look as professional as you actually are. And also I feel like it helps kind of hedge that the price is the price and Mm -hmm. I'm not here to negotiate a price with a potential client. If it's not a fit, that's totally okay. Yeah, that's okay no harm, no foul.
0: Yeah. No, nope, it just is, is what it is. Yep. Yeah. And I think too, like, that's a, that's a good point. And that's an important like thing to remember when you're going into this, like, unless you like desperately need to bring on another client, like price yourself at your worth price yourself, how you want to don't take like any negotiations, unless like you feel like that's the right thing yeah. to do. Uh, because, because
1: taking on a new client is it's an opportunity cost i mean if mm-hmm. i if i send you a p- proposal betsy and i you accept it and we're, we start working together that's now taking over you know a quarter of my client mm-hmm. roster mm-hmm. that i can't take on another client who might be willing to pay higher so you have to you know that's the price the price is the price and know your value and, and yeah. be, be okay with saying no if it's not going to work out like that's okay absolutely
0: i think that's so great um, I love these. I think these are five great tips. Um, you know, we'll talk through them real quick again. Uh, number one was we'll start with an induct introduction.
1: Number two is break down all that you provide, not just the marketing deliverables.
0: And then three dive into your client's brand, add that into the proposal, make sure you know what their values are, cater it to, to their company.
1: Number four is tailor your quote to their individual needs. You know, is a one-time project. What What does that look like?
0: Mm-hmm. And then number five is communicate your value clearly. Add something in to the proposal that says a disclaimer of how you came up with the price, that that's what it is. And also just keep the client in mind throughout the entire proposal process because you want to make it hard for them to say no.
1: I think that a lot of contractors get stuck on that, like keeping mm-hmm. the client in mind. I think we all get like, oh, well, I started my business to be you know, work the way I want to work. And that's totally great, but you got to get the clients and you got to, they want to say yes to people that get them and understand them. Mm -hmm. So taking a little bit of extra time to implement these tips into your proposals, I think will definitely help if you are having a hard time landing clients.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well,
0: we hope you enjoyed this and you, you know, are in the process of putting a proposal together yourself and can use these tips or maybe use them in the future, but Nonetheless, thanks for listening, guys. Um, If you get a chance, please, please go leave us a review. Five stars with a little written review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. Um, You can also do it on Spotify if you're listening there, too. I think you can just rate the episode. Um, And we appreciate you all being here with us. And we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, see you soon.